We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. Oh, my goodness! Stunning! With the left hand! Devontae Deep! Oh, my goodness! Oh, I don't believe it! A 30-foot on the mountain! Just stop it already! What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another BuzzBeat podcast. Uh, today, it's going to be Brian Geisinger and myself kind of just bouncing around some draft prospects the Hornets have had. Um, two straight days. We're recording this on a Saturday morning, so they have another strong day of draft workouts scheduled today uh, that was just announced, and obviously some really good prospects uh, in the building yesterday. And I think these team workouts are, BG, probably some of the most vital data and, and really eye test proof in the pudding that you get in this process because the team controls these workouts, right? Like at the combine, the league's controlling that. At pro days, obviously agents are controlling that process. So when the team gets these guys in, like I would, I would imagine that's probably because uh, they're getting them, getting these guys to do exactly what they want them to do and see what they want to see. Pretty important, uh, pretty important evaluation, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is really when they brought in that first group. The Hornets did a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's got to be the first group of prospects they've had in that facility and you know, well over a year, right? Just because of how everything was screwed up last season during uh, COVID and tracking to your point, I think it's like you look at the guys they brought in and most of them so far, they fall into one of three categories. There are some objections to this, but they're guys that the Hornets could look for at 11. They're guys that the Hornets could look for at 56, 57, and they're like undrafted free agent types. So like, you know, Amit's Ballack from Creighton, who's a guy that I, I really think an NBA team should take, should take a flyer on. He was, he was in there a couple weeks ago, but like, you know, if you're looking for the next Duncan Robinson, like he's, he's the guy, you know? Yeah. So I think all of it makes sense. And then of course, like, you know, you got to do your diligence on other guys, especially if, you know, trades get ha- trades happen, picks move around, whatever. So, um, but I, I really like some of the guys they brought in. And some of the targets that have worked out either yesterday or earlier this week or on Saturday, um, you know, are lottery type guys that we've talked about on this podcast as well. So Isaiah Jackson, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, 
Um, there are others, but yeah, I like, I think this is huge, both from a, an information standpoint, gathering with the team, but also from us on the outside, looking in just to see like, yeah, who are they, who are they truly interested in? You can usually not, it's never a guarantee, especially with Charlotte cough, Malik Monk cough, but it's like, if they, you know, if they work someone out, they're probably gonna, you know, that's probably, you know, who they're going to end up picking from when the, when the draft does come around. Right. Right. Well, I want to start here, and then we can kind of backtrack because I thought this was interesting. Again, we're recording this on a Saturday morning. So two of the guys that the Hornets will work out today, Charles Bassey, center from Western Kentucky, uh, monster athlete, I mean, really dominated that conference this year. And then Isaiah Jackson, which I know who we have profiled here on Busby before, bouncy, probably best shot blocker in the draft out of Kentucky. So what I thought was interesting about both of these guys coming in and working out for Charlotte today is that – they didn't do anything. I don't even think they showed up at the combine, which I think raised some eyebrows across the NBA, considering what their draft range is um, and that they probably could have helped themselves at the combine. So what does that mean to you, BG? I mean, there, there's obviously some interest from both sides is what that tells me. Yeah. Well, well, Bassey got measured at the combine. I think okay. he just didn't okay. participate in the, in the scrimmages. Cause he, he did check out as like, I think he had like a top two or three wingspan at the combine gotcha. um, right. standing oh, reach and stuff like that too. But yeah, but I mean, he didn't play in the scrimmages to your point though, which is something where like, I mean, these guys can make, can make their own decisions and do whatever they want, but yeah, it, it's something where it's like, yeah, you would have maybe been the biggest, baddest dude out there. And it would have been interesting to see how you would have stood up against guys and pick and roll defense. Cause I think stuff like that is the, is the real question. Bassie's interesting. Cause he's massive. Um, he can protect yeah. the rim and he's got a three point shot, but he's three years out of high school. He's older than you think he is too, you know? So, um, but, but he's a guy that uh, you know, if he fell all the way to the end of the second round, yeah, that'd be a great pick for Charlotte. I just, it's hard to see like where a guy like Charles bat, like where he would possibly make sense for Charlotte. Cause it's just like, you're not taking him at, at 11. Obviously there's just no way. And, and he would have to fall. I guess he would have to fall. So it's like, not like he couldn't be there at like 57 or whatever, but I don't know. It's clearly Charlotte's a team that's like looking for, looking for young talent and depth at the center position. And Basti is a guy that would, would definitely make some sense in that regard. Uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say he's one of the most skilled, you know, centers around the basket, but like you said, he's massive. He's powerful. He's a good athlete. You know, yeah. He can play all the way up to the top of the arc, down to the rim. I mean, he's, he's a guy that he's going to fit pro physical profile wise in the NBA on day one. So I, I think he's interesting to think about on Charlotte's roster. And, so and I, I think, Jack, yeah. And I think that other, the other mold is like, they've also brought in Luca Garza. They brought in uh McCurr maker too. And these are other guys that would be like sort of in the, they're like on the fringe of being draftable. Charlotte has these late second round picks. They could use some centers. So they, they, they all make sense in that same that same category. Jackson though is obviously like a, you know, Jackson and guys, someone like JT Thor, like those are obviously like completely different prospects compared to these other guys. Correct. And and you and I were talking about this a little earlier. It's like, it's the, you know, everyone knows the Hornets need a center. It's what style do you, do you, it's kind of eye the beholder JT Thor style versus yeah. Sangoon or, or like you were saying, Isaiah Jackson versus Bass. I mean, these guys, they play the same position, They'll do some of the kind of the same utility things, but they're they're wildly different athletes and, and basketball yeah. players. So yeah. Isaiah Jackson, on the other hand, you know, talking about Bass, Bassie now transitioning to Jackson. We've profiled him. BG, I know you're really high on him. I mean, what I see on film is 
no question, one of the most bouncy fives in this draft, arguably the best shot blocker, probably the best shot blocker in this draft, did not even show up to the combine. I don't think so. Tells you somebody has told him or his agent, hey, if you get to here, don't don't worry, we got you. You think that somebody maybe could have been Charlotte, even even if it's not at 11? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Charlotte is like one of the, if you were like trying to create a list of teams, right, that have like, yeah. that are in the market for a center that would have a pick that's in a range that's like justifiable for Jackson. Like if you cross-reference all that stuff, like I don't think the Hornets are the only team that would do that, but but I think they are, they are, they are on the, uh, on the short list of teams that, that could have taken that type of interest with an Isaiah Jackson. I mean, again, he, he makes sense because they're in the market for a mobile center. They could use some youth at that position, you know, beyond as biz and, and Zeller. I mean, who knows what they're going to end up doing in free agency, but, or who, what the Hornets will do beyond those guys. But he makes sense because defensively he has some serious upside could be one of the better defenders in this draft class. And yeah, it just gives you an athlete finisher above the rim to, to play with LaMelo or maybe Devontae if he's back, Miles Bridges, some of these other, you know, like Pat, you know, Gordon Hayward, some of these really good passers and connectors that Charlotte has. And you could put another finisher out there. And we, Richie and I talked about this a little bit during the video or the pod on Jackson, which is that like he only took two threes this season at Kentucky, but it's not like inconceivable that Isaiah Jackson could two years down the line, three years down the line, have be able to stretch it a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and, and if, and if he's as like, if he hits his like upper projections defensively and he adds a little bit of a shot with all that athleticism, it's like, yeah, you'd have a, a, a really great player and you'd be drafting someone that is beyond just the like rim run center, you know, lob bot type of skill set, Right. Which is something you, yeah. that's all you're getting. Uh, then using even a late lottery pick isn't like, the best right because there are other ways to sort of like find that player type so you got to be like special defensively you got to be versatile defensively and jackson gives you a couple different ways to guard ball screens which is big he can switch um so so there's some some benefits there as well but but you would kind of need there to be more defensive upside and the hope that there'd be some offensive game beyond just pure pure like rim pressure off lobs and putbacks and stuff yeah, exactly. Which which is a big question mark. Obviously, the shot which you talked about, and then what what's that guy going to be able to do ever? What's his what's his peak ceiling? Catching the ball in the middle of the floor and having to keep the offense going. So yeah, I think there's some real questions. But Isaiah Jackson, I mean, he is he's a defensive menace. He's obviously got to work on his body. I think maybe 210 pounds max right now. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, like and this point was brought up on another national pod the other day that I was listening to about the Hornets and kind of this idea of PJ Washington playing five. And is that something that can hold up serious minutes? If the Hornets expect to get better, play more playoff style, you know, really important minutes. Is that something can hold up? And is Isaiah Jackson, what this team needs at 11, right? If if they are going to fill center through the draft is a guy that also needs to work on his body and and probably not going to be able to hold up against fives, is that the guy you want there? Maybe it is. Maybe that's yeah. just the defensive style you want. You want to switch everything. Um, yeah. You know, that's your bedrock. So, so he's perfect. So I just think it's an interesting question as, as we kind of imagine how this roster is going to be built moving forward. And and you can go find a beefier center in free agency too. It's not like it's yeah. either or. I'd love for them to find preferably in free agency, but I, I would love for them to be able to find a center that could give them some, like some real punch as a drop center. You know what I mean? Or, yep. or someone that could come to the level, just a little bit of versatility and someone that can 
allow Charlotte to, to like credibly play drop defense, simplify the their roll. scheme a little, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. they could not do it this year at all. And, and even, I mean, the switch, we talked about this too much. The switch like had its moments, but it was pretty ugly at times too. So, well, it's just not, it's not a defense. You can yeah. lean on it in the regular season. I, you know, I think ideally in just spot minutes in the regular season, but it, you cannot depend on something like that in the playoffs in the NBA. I mean, when you, when you start going up against, yeah, the best guys, it's, it's not going to hold up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, BG, let's, um, let's look at a few other prospects that the Hornets have worked out either yesterday, Friday, or Saturday morning. Uh, and the first one I want to start on is is I think another one of your guys that you're really high on Jane Springer out of Tennessee, I guess, depending on what mock you look at, depending on what draft profile you read, um, where you're plugged in, his draft range seems pretty, it seems to be pretty wide still. And I would say 11 for Charlotte would be at the upper ends of that range. Um, But you seem to think that this is a, this is a good, maybe reach isn't the right word, but you think this is a good fit for Charlotte at 11 and I think it's a need. Yes, it fulfills a need, and it's a great, like, upside development option, too, is what I like. Like, Jaden Springer is the youngest uh, college prospect in the draft. He, he's still just 18 years old. So, like, next, his rookie year will be an age 19 season, like, completely. So, I love him from a development angle, but monster on the basketball, guarding it, functionally very strong, 
has a pretty good jumper. We saw the numbers support that at Tennessee. Shot looks good, not a ton of volume. Probably going to take more development in that regard. But I think there's there's potential for him to be just a, a perfectly fine, good shooter on the wing. I think with his ability to connect things in the half court as a guy that can drive closeouts, make passes, hit spot-up threes, I think there are a lot of ways for him to help you defensively at the point of attack next season, give you some offensive connection, some finishing, and then perhaps a guy that you, over the course of the next two seasons, as the shot improves, as the handle improves, that he can become more of a factor. A two-foot leaper, so that does make some things a little bit more of a challenge for him, sort of like finishing uh, at the rim, especially in the half court. We talk about some of this with with like Jalen Suggs, too but has sort of like counters to that, has a fadeaway, has these little like reach around passes, um, has some sort of like counters to that that can that can still produce pretty good shots or shots at the rim or shots in the paint. Um, I love him as like a second side guy that can really attack closeouts yeah. and, and, and make plays off that, has a pretty good first step. It's maybe a little bit of a reach at 11, but like I really don't think so. I think of him as like a, a, a pure lottery talent in this draft. Maybe it'd be nice if he was a little bit bigger, a little bit quicker, a little bit longer, but he's still like functionally very athletic, functionally very strong. And um, I just love his two-way potential. It makes too much sense with what, with what Charlotte's like clearly trying to build around LaMelo. I think Bringer projects as a guy that's going to guard one through three, probably, you know, I mean, I mean, a good enough athlete, like you said, and just his body and his build, uh, his strength. I mean, he profiles as a guy that's going to be able to switch across all backcourt positions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Springer a lot, too. My favorite part of him is, you know, he's 18 and a half years old. He, he, to your point, he's one of the youngest. He's a Charlotte kid, you know. Yeah. I, it, that doesn't matter what he'll become, but it, it is kind of cool that you, you have a hometown, yeah. uh, potential hometown kid playing here. Uh, that was profiled yesterday. I know that that quote was out there on Twitter. Yeah, Rod Boone was, Boon was Rod kicking Boon. that around. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. So, so, you know, th- th- there could definitely be, you know, a fit there. I, I totally agree. Just a point of attack defender uh, is one of the greatest needs Charlotte had. It, it probably is the second greatest need they have beyond, yeah. you know, filling the need in the middle. So I like Springer and you know, you've, you've got plenty of time to develop them. There's no rush at 11. You know, this is a very boomer bust uh, part of the draft, part of the lottery. So, you know, a pick like this with some, with some pretty monster upside to your point makes a lot of sense. I, I would like this pick for Charlotte. Another guy that was, that was in the building, with Springer, and I don't really think we've talked about him a lot, Sharif Cooper, I still got to do more digging, a very different player. He's going to pound the rock. <laughs> He's going to oh, yeah. shoot it. Uh, he yeah. he is a kind of flash-in-the-pan type of uh, electric guard mm-hmm. that I, I think 11 is far, far too high for a guy like Cooper. I mean, you just look at how he impacted the game. He can score. He can create offense for his teammates, but he is uh, – He's a little bit unpredictable with his decision making. I would say right now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, probably to put it kindly. So, what do you? I mean, what do you think about Cooper? Like, he's a guy that would only be of interest to Charlotte if they traded back or something. I would imagine. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would imagine a team like New York would like the Knicks would love to get their hands on Sharif mm-hmm. Cooper. I actually think he would help them out a lot uh, in terms of half court offensive creation. One of the best passers in the draft, like right, like probably just below Cade, but like in that second group with like Giddy and Barnes, but he's just like, you know, he's much shorter than all of these guys. Big time advantage. Yeah. Big time advantage creator, right? Like gets into the paint all the time off a dribble with all these smaller guards, especially it's like how easily do they get 
off their own dribble with or without a ball screen, how easily do they get into the paint? And like Sharif can just cut, like he's just constant advantage creation, constantly getting in the paint, constantly getting two feet in the paint. So I don't think he's ever going to be like a great finisher at the rim due to the size and that he's not like a, you know, an Isaiah Miller type vertical athlete or whatever, but you know, well, because of volume and because he's able to draw so many fouls, like he'll be able to you know get his own offense in that way and just what it's going to open up for everyone else. And he can make, crazy skip passes with both hands lobs. Like he is a very, he, his, he's one of the more fun prospects to evaluate in this draft because he throws passes that just no one else will. And I kind of like seeing guards in that role. Just take risks. It's one of the reasons why I loved LaMelo last season too. We'll just throw anything. And if it, yeah, it's going to lead to a turnover, you know, a percentage of the time, but um, I'd rather see that. And I'd rather see guys trying stuff out and trying to make reads as opposed to having everything be so predetermined and, and not forcing yeah. it. Cause you're trying to protect the, the, the assisted turnover rate, which like, I don't really care that much about as a stat to begin with, but um, so I like Sharif Cooper. He does not make much sense for Charlotte just because of mm-hmm. LaMelo. Although if those two guys playing together it would be pretty fun maybe not super functional and certainly not like optimizing either of them, but would be fun just from a passing basketball, like IQ perspective. But uh, I like Sharif Cooper a lot. I think um, there are, there are a handful of teams, even a team like, um, Oh, but I really, New York is the one that probably makes the most, that makes like the most sense because they just need, they need a half court creation. And and Cooper is like the best guy that's going to be in that, that range for them. Yeah, I would, I would think another team that could probably use this, especially if they cannot bring back Mike Conley, is Utah. I mean, this seems yeah. like a, you know, yeah. just to get to the rim, you know, run the offense when Donovan Mitchell's not on the ball, type of player for them too. Um, let's bounce around a few other, a few other of these guys just quickly on Thor because I know if, we, if, we, if, if Chicago had kept their pick too, that's another like if they hadn't like maybe moved that mid, they're another team that I that I would have like highlighted, but they just they don't they have no bites at the apple because of the 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 Vucevic trade. Vuce, yeah. So quickly on Thor because I know we've talked about him, but while we're talking about um you know his teammate here Cooper. Yeah, Thor is a guy who, I mean, I, I love his switchability as a five defensively. I love his length. You know, like Isaiah Jackson, I, I think has to work on his body. He's got to get bigger. Questions about if, if he'll hold up against more bruising centers, but I don't think you worry about that as much. Switchability as a center, shot blocking potential, really, really good feat for a guy of his size. Uh, he's, a, he's an extremely fluid athlete for, for a player at 6'11". You know, offensively, we were talking about it before we jumped on here, you know, you highlighted and and profiled, maybe you want to jump to that quickly here, how his shot making as a six, you know, how versatile that is too. What do you see him projecting though, as an offensive piece in the NBA as a pick and pop guy? I mean, you actually running this guy off screens. Yeah. It's like that. That's, that's like the interesting sort of fascinating thing about Thor right now is, is along with that, that, that length and that the athleticism is that, he has this hand, he has handle and he has shot versatility, right? He's a guy that you can pick and pop and he can slip into space, space out, hit threes. He can, you know, go after a closeout on that, get to a little pull up game, um, has a you know, shot fake, put it on the deck a couple times, get to his pull up. But like even Auburn, you know, they would run him off pin downs. Uh, and, you know, they let this guy curl or fade and look for threes. So like he's got so like you can. Assuming that shot projects and is scalable and comes along with them, um, you know, you got a guy that you could really do some cool stuff with offensively. We've seen in the NBA and in college just how much of a challenge it can be to guard guys that size around pin downs, right? 
Like we saw Virginia do some of this with Jay Huff this season when they ran that that inside motion, inside triangle yeah. offense. We saw uh, Anthony Davis in the bubble hit that three with Mason Plumley trying to chase him, like in the Denver series in the Western Conference Finals in 2020. Like, but Anthony Davis come being able to come off that pin screen and and, and hit a catch and shoot three, and like Thor has some of that. So like you know he could really put if you're playing him at the five, which. I, you know, I think Charlotte would do that a lot next to, you know, PJ and, and, and Miles. You'd have a pretty switchy, athletic, versatile, shot-making front court. Um, I think that's something you'd see a lot. I think some teams will probably try to play him at the four, which I think he can hang up. He can handle there, too, because he can switch. He can shoot it enough. So, like, a, he's not he's going to crush your, your spacing or your versatility defensively. His pick-and-roll defense is interesting to me. I think he can guard it, like, in a couple of different ways. You know, pretty moves pretty smoothly. Uh, in that regard, and again, the quick switchability off like a handoff or like a random screen, like he can just he makes a pretty fast decision. He'll just snap into a switch, and, and and I like that. And I also, in the context of Charlotte, if he is playing with Miles, if he is playing with PJ, I talked about this uh, with regards to Kai Jones recently in a, in a conversation with you guys or with Richie. But it was like Kai Jones is interesting because off when he sets a screen, he can basically do everything. He can roll. He can pop. He can slip in and off those pick and pops. He can attack a closeout. Thor does some of that too. So I sort of like the thought of playing Thor with PJ and with Miles at the same time and having all those guys out there to screen for LaMelo, to screen for Terry or screen for Gordon Hayward. And you can just get into so many different actions and, and variations off of that. So um, because of the shot versatility and because of the, the handle. So I'm interested in Thor. It's a big upside play at 11, but one that I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to for Charlotte. So to wrap here, because I think this next tier of guys that we'll talk about uh, that have worked out for Charlotte either today, will work out, or did yesterday, are like Sharif Cooper, trade back kind of guys. These would be late first round, you know, mid first round at the very best. So I'll just throw them in a group. Chris Duarte from Oregon. I mean, probably one of the best NBA ready players in this entire draft. Yes. I think yes. maybe the oldest guy. So that's Josh Primo from Alabama. <laughs> Love Josh Primo. Mm-hmm. Um, another super young guy who I think would be, you know, he's a wing. He's got some offensive talent. Um, um, so, so those two guys, let's see here. Is there anybody else in this group? Yeah, I think that let's let's just start there with Duarte yeah. and Primo. So, and and I'll I'll reference or I'll, I'll kind of lay it out to you this way, BG. I look at Houston picking twenty third and twenty fourth. Could they want to jump up to eleven? You know, I look at New York picking nineteenth mm-hmm. and twenty first. Could they want to jump up? Uh, Oklahoma City has a sixteen and yeah. eighteen. So there's three teams right there. You can still you can throw them into a bucket. Maybe all interested in getting to eleven or somewhere in that range if the right guy fell. Do Duarte? And Primo interest you if, if the Hornets were to trade back into that early 20s, mid-20s range? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a chance Springer could still be around then too, right? Which would be yeah, you know, yeah, Springer and true. Thor could be in that range too. I mean, I, I like them I like them better, more than, like I'm, I'm higher than that Springer specifically, but that both those guys could be there. And, and that, that Oklahoma City, like hypothetical, the 16 and 18 package together for 11 is like, yeah, I mean, if you're Charlotte, like you do backflips. You know I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Um, but, but you mentioned like looking at a team like Houston, they're so ripe for one of these opportunities having 23 and 24. Like it's just, it's just sitting right there. The cover is um, so bare there. You got to imagine that they would yeah. love to, because that is the way, you know, I think they would have liked those first round picks to be a little better. You know, in yeah. some of the trades they've made, they're not better, but you pack yeah. them together, you can make them better. So that's, yeah. that's, that's and, and, a natural you know, move. 
you're going to be able to get Jalen Green or preferably Evan Mobley at two. You, at some point, you can probably move off the Wood deal, get more assets because of that. You got Kevin Porter Jr. there. You got Kenny Martin Jr. Like you're, you're starting to like, you know, Jay Sean Tate. You got some stuff you're sort of starting to build there. You can see it. You can see it starting to like percolate there. But this is a, a big yeah. draft for Houston. Chris Duarte, though, like. Not, not only is he the oldest guy that's like draftable, this guy is older than Malik Monk, um, <laughs> who has been on the Hornets roster since 2017 when Steve Clifford was the, the basketball coach. Who, who um, will somehow, yeah, be a free agent this year. Isn't that crazy to think about? He's almost done with his rookie contract, and here's a guy that, yeah, yeah rolling into the league. It's, Steve, it's Steve, Steve Clifford has had a, a whole other job since then. Steve Clifford <laughs> has taken another team to the playoffs yeah. since uh, the Malik Monk draft, which is <laughs> since he coached Malik Monk, which is crazy. But uh, Duarte, probably the most like scale prospect that's in the first round or, or one yeah. of them like uh, a big time shooter I think that people you know people want to make the, uh, the the Desmond Bain comparison and they're not identical prospects but they hold sort of like a similar place uh, Duarte is just older at this at this stage but I love Duarte's uh, pull-up shooting ability like he's got like the hang dribble into the pull-up three it's the pull-up midi the versatility with his shot is good as a guy that can can be a movement shooter can come off screens can come off staggers come off pins and then defensively like you know he's an event creator with his with his length and with his ability to chase defenders too um, you know, played in, in, an, in a, just a whacked out Oregon defense that probably juices some of those numbers a little bit in terms of like, you know, the event creation stuff. Um, just playing, a, you know, a zone that's predicated on just like forcing, you know, half court mania. But um, I like Duarte as a yep. prospect if the Hornets were to, if they were, if they had, if they got both 23 and 24, let's say hypothetically, mm-hmm. he's not a bad fit. You could, you could really, you could help Charlotte's defense. Um, and, and he gives them some some shooting and some secondary creation. So, yeah, well, I would I, like Duarte in that range. Yeah, me too. I, I think Duarte, and look, the, the age is – it is what it is, right? Like, it's yeah. not ideal. It's not <laughs> what you want, um, yeah. especially on a team with a with a traje- age trajectory like Charlotte. But, like, Duarte, here's a guy you can draft wherever you draft him. He comes in, he plays that role we've imagined yes. from Malik Monk day one at, at a high level. And, and you, can, you can really pretty much take that to the bank. The thing that – it impresses me the most about Duarte is just his shot creation. Like this is a dude that you're going to put him in the NBA. You can put him in Europe. You can put him in any setting you want. You can put him in the NBA finals coming off the bench. Dude's going to score the ball. And he just, he knows how to play. He can get his own shot. He can play in the pick and roll. He can play off the ball. Like he is, yeah. he, he might be seriously the most complete prospect from a to Z in the entire draft. And I mean that because I, I just think he's one of the safest guys, it's just this age thing, holding him back, which I understand, yeah. but any team that drafts Duarte, like it, it's not, it's not a. I don't really like this about his game because I don't think you're going to find many people that don't like his game. Yeah. Uh, so he'll fit anywhere. It's just how high are you willing to take him? Yes. At that age that he has, but I absolutely love him. He knows how to play the game. He is almost a complete failsafe. I think as a prospect. That, that's why that gets to the scalability factor of him. It's like regardless of role, regardless of level, like you were just saying, like you just drop that guy anywhere. And you know what you're going to get from him in terms of the shooting, catch and shoot, movement shooting, off the dribble shooting, secondary playmaking, you know, a little skinny, but defensively like gives you some, some good stuff there. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just very easy to see him being playable um, in a playoff game. Right. You know what I mean? And, and but just doing it on, or, or in being a part of an NBA rotation, but just having the usage scale up, scale down, you know, scale down to the, the NBA. But if he's in a bench role, you know, maybe you're running some offense through him so you can scale the usage up a little bit that way too. And he's going to give you the same things just at, at, at a slightly more, 
you know, higher usage clip or whatever. So I like him a lot. And Josh Primo, like I really like, if you watched Alabama this year, super fun team. I've gone back and rewatched a couple of their games recently, including one of the ones against Kentucky. But yeah, like, you know, interesting shooting prospect, good size on the wing, had a good combine. Um, his stock has really taken off. I don't think he gives you a ton in terms of like, you know, offensive creation at the moment. So that's a bit of a bet. If you, if you pick Primo and you're thinking like he's going to be able to give you some sort of some real like, you know, advanced off the dribble playmaking or shot creation like that, I don't think that's quite there yet, but it's not he's two years from now, he, he could he could get there, right? But yeah, for right now, yeah. you know, he's more of a just a, you know, spot up movement guy. Um, but yeah, I do. I do like Primo and in that late first round range is like, you know, it would depend on who else who else is on the board, but like he's he's fine in that range, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, I like him too. I, I I think he I think he is going to be a really good shooter in the league. Um, I like his mechanics. To your point, he's really a outside of catch and shoot coming off the screen. He's like one two dribble attacking the yeah. goes out or something. He's not going to get into the bag very deep, but he's super young. Uh, I think he's a very fluid athlete. I don't think he's like the most explosive athlete in the draft, but he's a fluid athlete. He's going to give you two way utility. Uh, I like Primo a lot in this range. Last guy, we'll end on him more than anything, just because I want to say his name. Uh, Bones Highland out of VCU, yes. my old stomping grounds, uh, has really skyrocketed. Like, I watched this guy quite a bit in college last season. I, a lot, I watched a lot of Richmond and VCU hoops. But, um, man, can he score. And I think probably probably the best, like, deep-range bomber, maybe, off the dribble in the draft. What do you think about Bones? Like, if Charlotte were to theoretically get 23 and 24 from Houston? Because I think he's I think he's got a chance to be really super good in the league. Yeah. It's, it's just an off-the-bench microwave score. Even if they did like the 16, 18 with Oklahoma City, like Bones at 18, it, it ain't like Not that much of much yeah. reach. He's a big time, big time shooting prospect. Uh, I think I watched like in like cut up probably five or six VCU games this year. Just just wacky shooting range, big time range off the catch, yeah. off the off the handle. Has that like that like wipe out step back crossover move that he creates a lot of space off of that some of these other guys that it's like a it's pretty trade I mean Trey Mann has it too you know it's like but like the big time like three-point distance shot makers in college like those are the guys that that really had it Zaire Williams like flashes of it with, with this like big time like you know step back you know handle move but yeah um, but yeah Bones certainly has it as well whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.